Rodriguez mustn't get his evil hands on that alien ship. Welcome back, nobodies, to your favorite Doom Patrol podcast, this side of the comic book pages. My name is Mark. And my name is Nathan. And today we are talking about Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue number seven, the final issue of this limited series. Um, Today's issue is called Stoppable Part Two, Butcher, Baker, and then there's an ellipses because we talked about... uh, that on the last episode i think for way too long as we try to wrap up the show um but yes in today's episode general immortus stands victorious against the doom patrol and has now set his sights on nothing less than world domination the team's only hope for salvation is asking for help from one of their greatest enemies but only if immortus doesn't get to them first everything's been leading to these final moments and a happy ending is not guaranteed nathan what did you think about today's Final issue of Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Mark, I'm going to tell you what I thought about this final issue of to, uh, Take Two. Mark, I'm going to tell you what I thought about this final issue of Unstoppable Doom Patrol. <clears throat> In one brilliant sentence, Mark, this was an excellent, excellent, excellent um, ending to this miniseries. I... Don't know what I was expecting, um, but it sure wasn't this um, big climactic end to this fight. And it was so simple and and so self-contained and wrapped up all of the ends so well. Um, it was just like one of the g- greater endings of like a best of storytelling device that you could have done, in my opinion, I think. This was it was really good. We keep on calling it a, a best of or greatest it hits really, kind of, yeah, kind of yeah. thing, and it ended just like how it started, really, like really impactful, really just kind of wrapped it all up. And it's like, yeah, here's your seven issues. This is going mm-hmm. to be a hardcover in trade, and like, g- yeah, get it and put it on your shelf because this is a really good, really good uh, thing to include into your Doom Patrol comic book collection. Yeah, it, it's it's. I, I said it earlier in the series, but I called it kind of like the the final wars of Doom Patrol, which is a reference to a Godzilla movie that just is like a greatest hits. Like you get a two hour flick of just the greatest hits of Doom Patrol. And so it's for some, it may not be enough. I know a lot of people um, would love for this to be an ongoing series instead of a limited series. But unfortunately, it is a limited series. So for them to, you know, kind of end it in this one issue, it leaves wanting for more. I understand, you, you know, we would want to spend more time with these characters, but that's because we're having such a great time that, you know, this issue seven is the only issue in which they actually will fight this General Immortus Candlemaker uh, final boss. And so they they deal with General Immortus in this, in this final issue and, and basically send him to the Phantom Realm um, but I think it's called the the bleed, or they they send him to some yeah, bottomless the pit. The bleed, basically. what a fucking metal ass place, right? Like, yeah, where it's, did that come from? That's what I've wanted to figure out, and I and I didn't, I didn't take the time to look it up. But you know what? While you're vamping, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. <laughs> so I I think 
that that maybe and, and this is skipping to the end really because there's there's a huge kind of end credits basically it plays out like a movie really and um there's this moment when they defeat the candle maker and they send him to this this bottomless pit that he ends up in the bleed or this other uh, space and time and and i believe it's you know m- maybe they feel like the candle maker would be a great addition to the Dark Knight's metal universe of of DC, and yeah. and that's my takeaway for this kind of special ending. And, and we're completely going into spoiler territory, so obviously you must have read the book by now if you're listening to this. But they, yeah, the Doom Patrol they defeat General Mortis and they send him into this. I'm going to switch between General Mortis and Candlemaker the entire time, but it's the same character. It's General Candlemaker if you want. Or uh, yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, or and the then candle, there we or see the, or candle immortus. Yeah, I, I, or the Im, uh, immortus maker. Does that That's, work? That that could work. That could work. Uh, immortus maker gets sent. Immortus to maker the, sounds like a badass swords name, doesn't it? Immortus maker. You would name a sword that. Yeah, yeah. That that would be like <laughs> that would be like the English translation of. Uh, Seshomaru's blade that he gets like brings oh my the heals people God. right the yeah. immortus maker <laughs> Tensaiga Tensaiga yeah and so they send immortus maker to the bleed and then there's the Batwoman who laughs which that to me was such a shock I was like this does I, you know I was expecting so many different characters they it almost looks like they're in uh a, a, like a derelict Danny the street but it but but it's not. And, um, you know, there's Bona Tavada on the banners out there, but instead it says Bona Tanada. Um, and so it's all like this dark, twisted, anti-version of, of a good time. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you see the Batwoman who laughs. And mm-hmm. at first I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I, you know, I was expecting like a Mr. Nobody tease or something to, to, to tease more Doom Patrol. But then when I was starting to think about it, I thought of it like maybe they're separating and extrapolating the candle maker from doom patrol and saying actually the candle maker would be really metal in dark knight's metal so i think that's oh 100 percent. i mean that's the, just that kind of just makes sense right right it just seems like it was of more of a tie-in to the next event or sub event that is probably going to be happening mm-hmm. um but yeah it was dang what a metal ending, and then adding more metal onto it for very, real. Very, now I didn't keep up with issue. uh with with uh, DC metal. That no. was coming out like I left the shop, and then like two months went by, and then DC metal like hit the stores, and I didn't continue. And that was just to the start of subscriptions. It. Yeah, <laughs> and that now was just the start of it. Up. I remember yeah. seeing that like there was a thing that they had in in single issues where it was like the roadmap to DC's metal, and it was, um, I guess Snyder and Capullo doing it, and he had like well, a yeah, timeline, yeah. right? They had a timeline. Yeah, on, there, like, there was a, a roadmap. Yeah, and now now it's um, a, now it's a whole other Earth that they like that's. And, and yeah, and, now and, they're Fortnite characters. I mean, like I'm thinking, like where <laughs> yeah. the hell did that? The come Batman from? who laughs like, has become like one of the biggest things. That's so um, wild to me. It's like Harley Quinn, and and now Punchline. I don't know if you you've seen Punchline everywhere, but Punchline no. is like the new Harley Quinn, which sounds really ironic to say, but it it she is. She's like everywhere. 
And, you know, so many people have cosplayed Punchline this this year. I almost feel like um, I should start counting those, you know? Like, when I go to conventions, I start counting Harley Quinns and Deadpools because that's, like, usually everyone is dressed like those two characters. But now I've seen so many Punchlines this year. Um, and, and Batman Who Laughs is another thing. I mean, Mortal Kombat uh, 11 was... No. Was it Mortal Kombat 11 or Mortal Kombat X where they had... No, it was it was Mortal Kombat 11 that they had the Batman who laughs as a, a skin for one of the characters, along with Baraka had like a killer croc and all this stuff. And I can That's go so on and on. Wild to me, I didn't think maybe maybe because I like <laughs> it's all personally about removed myself from yeah. the single issue sales at that exact point of time where that that entire arc was like I can't. This is I'm drawing a line in the sand. I cannot pay attention. I cannot afford this. Yeah. Um and well, the, I like walked away. Was the the action figures, like the DC Universe action figures that yeah. you see in, in bookstores yeah. and everything, they too were starting to have action figures for, for specifically like the Knights Metal and, and all that stuff. They did, they did. And yeah. I don't know what it I don't know what I was thinking. Maybe I was just like, Oh yeah, okay, so it's just the new like skins that they can put on you know like uh yeah uh like the bombshell kind of thing but it wasn't that uh that just was handled badly i think it could have been greater but in my idea it was like okay it's just like you're doing your little reskins it's like this is what one artist is going to do and now this is hip and you can do it to to all characters and and put them in this 1920s 30s 50s it's like you know just discovering uh gogeta or like vegeta for the first time someone was like oh we can fuse these two characters and create something very cool or like you know go tanks and stuff like that so they they took batman and joker you know your 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 happy and your sad kind of dramatic theater masks and they said well batman who laughs is like the perfect composite of both of them and they struck gold with it it makes too much sense and so now it sells like hotcakes because people love that stuff, and, they, and that's how you end up on Fortnite, Nate. It's a very simple formula to get your character on Fortnite. That's the dream. That's the goal. That's I wonder how point. hard, like, WBs and just, like, Warner Brothers in general just had to, like, what that pitch was to, Fort, to Fortnite. Who was in that meeting, and what are they doing? <laughs> like, this is the new skin, guys. This is what's hip. This is what's selling. Look at our action figure sales. They're just going up and up. We have plans to bring in another one, like yeah. That's where that's where I and and that's what I felt like with um recently in 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 the comic book shop because I picked up Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue seven as well as issue one of the Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong. So that series has started now, and uh, I I wondered that same thing. Like, what was the conversation from you know? legendary borrowing the rights from toho and then warner brothers is in the pot because they're the ones producing the films and then warner brothers and dc and there there's that whole string of command kind of like shin godzilla basically i, I think of shin godzilla those scenes in, in in all the boardrooms and they're doing that same conversation but getting godzilla into a justice league comic book with all the approvals like uh, how is that happening so that they can have Superman punch Godzilla in the face and sell it for $6 an issue? 
Uh, that's really what it comes down to, and that's that's a peek behind the curtain that like I don't I want to see it, but as soon as I see it, I'm gonna be like, this ruins everything for me. This ruins everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, as a consumer, I'm yeah. I'm out. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've also heard of Dark Knight Steel, which is a uh, it's different from Dark Knight's Metal, in which that Dark Knight Steel is kind of like. Um, High fantasy, very renaissance, like suits yeah, of armor. Yeah, like, I remember that. I yeah. remember the suits of armor. So, yeah. yeah. Scott Corelli, who's also a part of Dueling Genre in a big way, is, is, is he read that and, and highly recommended it. said it's fantastic. So it's in my Amazon cart um, that I will hopefully one day uh, purchase soon. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about the variants. So for Unstoppable Doom Patrol, I bought like just the, you know, the first, you know, variant A of it. I thought it was fantastic. I love the artwork that um, Chris Burnham did for it with the spiraling and all the characters look fantastic. There are two other variants. Uh, one, uh, you know, um, there's a one in 25 variant. I didn't grab any of those variants because I just loved this final look of, of the main variant. So I just think it was fantastic to have. Um, but I. <laughs> what is the main variant? Is it the Cliff and, and Metallo? Uh, no, that was for issue six. Issue seven is no. um, there's a spiral one. I didn't get that that Mentallo Cliff Steel one. My my comic book store didn't um, purchase enough copies to get that one. So I would love to one day get that. I think it's just a fantastic cover for issue six, which is the Mentallo and Cliff Steel kind of back to back cover. It's just fantastic. But uh, I do want to talk about some of the variants I bought at the store recently because while we're on the subject of Justice League versus Godzilla versus Kong, I I bought all the variants that they had. They were in, they were in my subs because I told them like, oh, I just want to look through them and I'll pick out the ones I like. It's usually what I do. Oh, I just yeah, sort there's through. like the Kawhi one. Oh, for Unstoppable Doom Patrol? Yeah, there's a Kawhi. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Lay Ricks. That, they, did, they did one for... Um, Issue four, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I bought all the variants for the Godzilla issue, the first issue. And uh, I did how not did know how have? expensive that was going to be. Until I was going to say, how many did they have? No, you don't understand. Variant covers, like, they, oh, God. Some of my favorite things to do is slap a big old price tag on one of those variant covers. And someone sees them, they go, I want that. And I go, this is $30. And they go, excuse me? Mm. This is this is fifty four dollars, and they go, "Why? It's the same book." I go, "I know, but I had to buy as a store. I had to buy two hundred of these regular ones." So how to does get the price get determined? One. Did you determine? Um, the price? It depends on how many it is. If it's like you know uh, a one in thirty, a, a, a two in sixty five kind of thing, like it really depends on how You're many. Just making up numbers. Well, but it is like they do make up the night. It really depends because it's not okay. all the same. Most of the time it's like, you know, it is like a one in 25 type of deal. And that's just like the one base variant that still sells for like, what, seven ninety nine as opposed to like a three ninety nine. Yeah, the um, MSRP on all of them is five ninety nine. Every yeah, variant exactly. the MSRP is. Um, then, MSRP is. But the actual like, listed price. That, the listed pl- the price sticker is because price. the shop has to buy so many of the regular one to get just one of that variant. So they have to mark up that price in order to get it. And 
in the world of pricing comic books and stuff, it is all determined on who is slapping on that price first and, you know, what they determine what it's worth and all of that stuff. Because once a variant cover has a price on it, people will sell it uh, secondhand, like on eBay and everything, and then that price will kind of stay the same throughout all the other variants until a couple of them sell out, and then you could, you know, jack up the price a little bit more on the higher ones and yada, 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 just like a Pokemon card. So um, it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> Take it from me. It's all I, bullshit. I, it but listen, me. it's all spe- like it all works because the money is still flowing. And like it's, like, you know, if we were using bottle caps, you'd be like, that's fucking crazy. But we're using pieces of paper and you're like, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I this morning I was like, oh, I need to go to the comic book store. I need to pick up Unstoppable Doom Patrol number seven. And I should be good. Like, that's all I need to really pick up. And then I found out that Godzilla had come out. So I was like, oh, well, yeah. I have to buy it. And then I saw all the variants. And then I said, oh, well, I have what to What was the highest it. price on, on the variant? What was the highest okay. variant you bought? Please, I don't, and I don't <laughs> and mean I'm, to put you on preamble, blast or anything. I thought I'm I was just going curious. in for one $5.99 book. And, and then you saw the three other ones. You were like, "Oh yeah, that's five ninety nine. That's five nine. That's five nine. Yeah. That's like a Domino's." There was a new pizza one. Deal, there was a new baby. Wonder Woman and a new Teen Titans. So I picked those up as well. But anyways, that's nothing. Um, I bought all the Godzilla variants. My total was one hundred and seventy eight dollars. Mm. Oh yeah, hell yeah. One. How many books did you get? Uh, of the Godzilla ones, eight of issue one. Oh, so. Baby. The variant A and then seven variants on top of that. Wow. How did they have that many variants? Well, there's a blank card one. So, like, you know, I'll try to get a commission later yeah. to to draw on it. I think that yeah. one was very cool to have. Um, there is, of course, the Jim Lee variant B, which is the one with Batman in kind of like a Bat Jaeger fighting Godzilla. Uh and then the most expensive variant is a black and white version of that very variant. Uh, and that one was $90. The black and white version? The, the, oh, yeah. the, the straight up Jim Lee pencil. Oh, yeah. That, that's easily out the door. That like, was the one in 100. I don't even know. Listen, I don't even know if I have any black and white Jim Lee variant. I have... I have a Superman action figure that was modeled after his Superman number one mm-hmm, black mm-hmm. and white penciled variant. And I have two of those action figures because one, I opened. The other one, I kept in the box. But I can't, I don't think I have any black and white variant. And that's that's a big deal for me because I, I'm like you. When a variant issue comes out, I'm... I just couldn't in say my no. head I was at that at time. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking when I was ordering comic books at that time for the comic book store, my shelf was also within that mindset of me placing orders for this store. Um, so like, I want that. I'm going to, order. a lot it. of times it would just be like a, an in and out kind of thing. Like I'm taking this, here's the money and it's going right into the, the, into the register and bing, bang, boom. Artist got paid. We're done. I, yeah. that's, that's it. Uh, so um, I couldn't say no to the variants. And I said, oh, yeah, I'll just I'll just take all these. And they said that'll be one hundred and seventy eight. And I said, huh? Did you, did you apply my fifteen dollar coupon? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, yeah. And then I looked at the receipt and I saw that ninety dollar one. And I said, what the hell? What was ninety dollars? And it was the one out of one hundred. 
uh, oh, variant, yeah. Jim Lee black and white one. And I said, okay, maybe. Well, good for you. Maybe this that, is you it. You got it. You <laughs> so, got one. Like, yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I thought you know this is Justice League, this is DC Comics with Godzilla. You know, Marvel has had kind of the the monopoly on Godzilla for for quite a while, and I've never really been interested in reading any of it because it just didn't call my attention. IDW's had its time with Godzilla, and I love Half Century War, but now that DC Comics is involved with Godzilla, mm-hmm. this is my two, you know, my bread and butter. So IDW was Godzilla like, wasn't bad. No, 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 no. I just this is new. <laughs> this is this is something very personal to me. So I'm like super passionate about it. Of course, oh, yeah, I'm gonna buy all sure. these. Um, there's even a second. There's like second second printing versions that haven't come out yet that are totally different. And even those look fantastic. And I'm like, am I gonna buy these too because they look so good? And maybe, but um, <laughs> it is just a you know it's fantastic stuff. So I I. I Saw that I had to tell about tell about it on the podcast to you because I needed you to know how much I spent on comic books in one day, and I was not. I know expecting it all too to well. So. <laughs> I know it all very well. But um, um, yeah, let's. Saw get, it, I saw it every single day. Let's get back to Unstoppable Doom Patrol. Um, this this whole bit with the quiz becoming a a central part of the undoing of of the Candlemaker was something I didn't expect, and maybe I should have caught it uh, back in issue two when we saw Sachko was... Yeah, um, I, well, referenced. we did... We did th- I mean, we didn't think that... Yeah, I guess the wrong thing was to not think that the Doom Patrol was doing their... This version of the, of the Doom Patrol was doing their... Rescuing the metahumans and trying to, you know, be like, hey, look, you're just like us, we can help you kind of thing. And Sachiko was just that to begin with in the brotherhood and in Dada and in all of this stuff. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so, so yeah, maybe, but we did call it that it was Sachiko in issue number two or whatever that was. So yeah, that's cool. What I wanted to like, go back and look at was to see, um, where she was, she was like on like a mountainside and it was like very peaceful and beautiful and everything. And it was like a paradise thing. And then there was just that rip in the sky. Um, and it took us all this time to figure out what that was. That was mm-hmm. that's just incredible. Anyway, yeah, and, and and I I didn't know that when Sachiko was being pulled from, you know, her fabric of space and time in issue two, that she was being pulled from the painting that stole Paris, right? And yeah, so me I didn't, neither. I didn't know that was a thing, and so that I wouldn't I wouldn't have been able to to catch that. Um, but now, it, of course, it all makes sense and. You know, to make the quiz such an important character in his final moments. And then, of course, the last remnant of the painting at Soul Paris is burned by the Candlemaker um, in, you know, in the battle. For her to then fly off and leave the Doom Patrol and not join them or stay with them in any way, it leaves another question of like, okay, well, what's that character's destiny? After this run, if if the Candlemaker yeah. may have a future with Dark Knight's Metal, does the quiz have, you know, a future anywhere else as well? So. Um, that's cool that you just said that because, um, and now it makes total sense to me. When I was reading that end panel, I thought the quiz, um, I don't know why the perspective was just getting me. I didn't see it as flying off and away into the night. I saw it as going into the bleed. Like, I thought that was, like, 
do a quick like calculation of like, oh, snap, clean, untouchable, nothing's in here, quiet, peaceful. I'm going in here too. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was now that I now that you just said it, I see it was like, oh, this perspective was above the chief flying out and away, yeah. you know, towards camera. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of going through the the comic book itself. Uh, first of all, you you have it on on the opening page, and then there's the first panel, which is of Oppenheimer, and uh, yeah, that, good that, marketing, good marketing, <laughs> huh? That's a WB movie, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a yeah. Noli baby. Yeah. Dang, is. what a. Oh wait, no, no, no. Also, no. I'm like, sorry. Whoa. Um, it's not. Isn't it? It's Syncopy, I guess. Is that not a Well, yeah, in? but it's their first... Syncopy and Nolan's first time with um, Universal, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, this would be the first time they do a movie without Warner Brothers. And again, that's because Warner Brothers hasn't been the friendliest <laughs> production company to work with uh, in, in quite a bit. Um, or publisher, I should say. So they're kind of in hot water, and so yeah, uh, Oppenheimer is. So that that is weird. Now you make an Opp- Oppenheimer panel in a DC comic book owned by Warner Brothers in a way, um, but that movie wasn't made by Warner Brothers. So there's a bit of irony there. Um, and then of course, uh, and and it's hard to to really uh, correlate why they included that panel and then uh, into into the Candlemaker's kind of being, um, but. Um, yeah, that that's the thing. We see Candlemaker, and you know, this Immortal Maker is now a thing. And um, something I really liked about this is um, there's a battle between Hoongin and uh, Willoughby Kipling, Robot Man, and Niles Calder, the Chief. And one of my favorite panels in this entire comic book issue is the panel of Willoughby Kipling doing the runes on yeah. Cliff Seal, and it looks like he's getting tattooed. Oh, like, yeah. Such he's a, just, like, straight up, like, shirt off, like, yeah. arms, just arms posing up, over. elbows out, like, yeah. And he's putting it all these... It was very tattooed. I was like, oh, it looks like he's getting tattooed. Like, all like he's just, like, this punk dude getting tattooed on. And I was like, this is In the is middle awesome. of a battle with I magic. Like, yeah. that's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is... Um, this is like really cool stuff in this issue. Like honestly, like I said, it's greatest hits. Like this was like such a good Doom Patrol battle, and it wasn't. Um, nothing was really like sacrificed or lost. Um, for you know, like like artistry, time placement, panel placement, that kind of thing, storytelling purposes and stuff. Um, there wasn't anything where it was like, oh, just jump to conclusion and you just kind of assume that things happen. Uh, so many panels were, there was so much action that it was like, oh yeah, um, beginning, middle, and end of sequence. Um, so it was just really good. Nothing seemed like it was missed out on. No, no, no. And, and if anything, it was the opposite where they were saving things to bring out for this seventh issue and one of it being crazy jane which we haven't seen the entire run yeah um, and, but then you know with the help of larry trainer the chief which is a you know crazy jane connects chief with sachiko the quiz 
and then they go into the underground and then that's where they meet crazy jane and then it's revealed you know then she she comes up up top from the underground and we see crazy jane in reality and it, and that was kind of a fanfare it was like oh we've been waiting to see this and and there they are and you know she's back as primary for a little bit um yeah. we see Bring out Flit. the big guns kind of thing yeah and and bringing all the doom patrol members um into this final battlefield here against the candle maker um but yeah just just really cool stuff um mento as well has a bit of uh, uh ha- has a solidification of, of his character uh for a while when we first started this issue we thought now it's calder and mento had ulterior motives and they do highlight that they do talk about it in in their ep- issues you know i think it was issue four that now is called her talked about it and then now we have mento here they did talk about the abuse of their powers previously but when all said and done mento here is still um repenting for that abuse of power and and, and being um not as not as wholesome as he appears to be for for the doom patrol and uh, i really like that you know, in this moment, Mento came through and was like, no, I'm, I'm actually here to help. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'll cut loose if you ask, but, um, you know, you know, thank you for letting me to do this. You know, thank you for letting me, uh, for trusting in me, uh, to do this again. So without Mento's help, we would not have been able to, uh, psychologically stop the candle maker from defeating the doom patrol in a way that, their unlimited power would stifle the quiz. And then because of that, they wouldn't be able to, um, you know, the Doom Patrol wouldn't be able to stop the Candle Maker. And so everything really depends on the quiz. And so, but the quiz depends on Mento and everyone else, the entire Doom Patrol. So all the strange weirdos that we've, you know, come to know and love, um, their powers collectively help stop the two biggest bad guys in Doom Patrol history. And I think that's where some of the well-craftedness of Dennis Culver comes in and Chris Burnham because they collaborate on this together is, is, is you know, how do we do a greatest hits that makes sense? And so it takes a lot of time to make something this, um, this kind of like snapshot, like to make it work without it seeing, seeming like, okay, well, we're just, you know, Showing you all your favorite stuff and then the book. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I think the combination of General Immortus and the Candlemaker is them being the two biggest Doom Patrol baddies that have threatened the stake of the universe. Um, Combining them into one power is just kind of like obviously excellent. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? It's like, yeah, of course you would do that. That kind of seems right why didn't you do that before oh i guess you just weren't worried about general immortus back in the 80s and you wanted to do new stuff like okay cool but check it out what if they were the same guy um yeah it was really excellent um and again using the quiz um as like a main character and hopefully a character that would show up again in doom patrol um is just so cool Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being able to take the quiz out of all like brotherhood of dada like those characters being like oh yeah no we're gonna pick this one because this is this character is broken <laughs> let's use them yeah um, it's just really excellent honestly 
Yeah, I, I kind of wonder if if Mr. Nobody was on the table, like if that was something they were playing with. But the quiz works out so well in, in, in really exercising that character's power because it really wasn't exercised um, besides the fifth horseman from Grant Morrison's run um, when they were in the painting. And, you know, only with Crazy Jane becoming the fifth horseman of the apocalypse were they able to break out of it. Um which severely damaged her at the time, but now in, in this final two panel, final two issues, um, we can reprise the quiz, but also um, explore all those powers and have fun with like literally anything can come out of this character. Um, yeah. So that was that was really fun. W- uh, one of the things I was looking forward to in this issue is, is finding out how this series ends. As we look to the final two episodes of the TV show Doom Patrol season four in the series finale, um, is is knowing how this book ends because General Immortus is the final character, final boss. Um, I can't remember if Candlemaker died fighting Torminox in the TV show or if it just wounded. Um, because I do remember Candlemaker trying to step in for Dorothy to help defeat Torminox, but was defeated. And so I don't know if Candlemaker is still a card yet to be played again in the TV show, but I'm curious to see. Um, obviously, there's a lot of references to Grant Morrison and Rachel Pollock um, and Gerard Way and every every other Doom Patrol writer that has had a chance to write for Doom Patrol that gets influence that gives influence to the TV show. I'm wondering if this series at all will influence itself um or influence the tv show so um general mortis here being defeated um by the quiz and all that um will the tv show itself um parallel at all so that's Mm. my question curious maybe maybe not we'll see maybe two different timelines baby so in in this issue i mean the yeah, Immortal Maker gets sent into this into the bleed, and you see the rip in the hole, and that's how Isabel Feathers became Immortus in the TV show. Maybe there's maybe there's something there. You just got to send her back into the bleed again. <laughs> um, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll surprise us, and they'll they'll tie it in. Um, I really I wouldn't like consider what happened in the show that 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 was the bleed. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> Maybe the maybe the show. Well, we we've said it many times before, but the show is starting to influence the comic books again now. Right, and I think Rita Farr is being one of those things for sure. Um, these these costumes also. I I hope Doom Patrol in the future they they keep the costumes that Chris Burnham has designed, uh, the orange and white teams because the classic Strange Adventures Doom Patrol they have like the red and white. We saw that yeah in um season one of doom patrol and we saw that again in the beginning of season four of doom patrol but like the red and white that's very cool very classic i would like to start seeing these orange suits because these are fantastic and then even um cliff Steele, we're always known to see that character with the black leather jacket and or even just the tank top and the black leather pants Mm -hmm. but with this with the white Racing like jacket, racing with jacket, the, with yeah. the orange stripes. I would love to see, you know, Cliff Steele in the TV show, that robot man, 
wearing a white leather jacket at the ending. Like that would be full circle for me. I would totally love to see that. That would be pretty dope. <laughs> um the ending of this comic book where, you know, they defeated Immortal Maker and then we have these Peacemaker robots show up again, Amanda Waller. Um, both of these characters, Amanda Waller and Peacemaker, are also playing a big part in Titans, which I'm reading as well at the time. Uh, and I I don't know if they are playing a big role in all of Dawn of DC. But, of course, I, you know, with that, again, we were talking about the Batman Who Laughs and Punchline and Harley Quinn. Peacemaker is another character that is really popular right now. So you're seeing this character everywhere. Um, and then, of course, because James Gunn and the, and the new wave of DC films um, soon to come out. And Peacemaker has his own TV show. So it's the first time we've had a live action DC TV show be tied to the films. Uh, so Peacemaker is huge right now. So It seems like he may be like a, a weird, newer, bled through version of like a Captain America and Superman idea. It's like here you can be like the the poster boy boy scout in your bright flashy american colors and you also have like full control of the military but you're also a a, a superhero in a costume. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that 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 combination of I don't know what we're calling it american hero frontman it's just or the, something. Yeah, and that that's always been his thing, right? Even even with Watchmen, um, the comedian is a bit like the the opposite in a way, even though he's based off Peacemaker. Um, but yeah, he is like this super like super cop, right? Like he is, yeah, hard hard a cab. Uh, in in in, and I say that you know, uh. Not to be super political, but it's like that's that's what this person is designed to be is 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 that kind of mantra, um, and so he is like the most uh, tongue in cheek like cop ever. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we we have here with the final standoff being degenerate fighting off the peacemakers, and of course he'll get arrested, but he he sacrifices himself being arrested so that the Doom Patrol can escape. Um, and I really like that Beast Girl is able to kind of uh, activate his animalistic instincts to to enhance him. I think that's really good teamwork. I loved seeing yeah. that little ending. It's like that's kind of thing where you have these Motley Crew of team up characters. It's like, oh well, this having a Hulk do. character is important, I guess. And it's like, yeah, but then Cliff Steele was kind of like that for so many years, but on a, I guess, smaller type scale. He never had to fight. Well, yeah, he did. I was gonna say he never had to fight giant monsters, but yeah, he fucking did. I, th- um, I think Cliff Steele's whole th- whole thing as Robot Man, especially in the Strange Adventures, was always that. And and they all have like their their flaws, and it, but they're huge flaws. I think that's Doom Patrol's biggest thing is like, oh, they have like some weaknesses, and it's like it's not just weaknesses. It's almost like they're weak, but sometimes they have a super ability that comes in handy. Like it's almost com- right. the, this the scale is tipped, almost like. 90 10 sometimes for them and robot yeah. man's whole thing is like hey you're a big tall robot you can fight things and yeah. his thing is like i'm and, like, pretty much be destroyed made out of- and <laughs> yeah. just protect your brain yeah. i'm i'm made out of aluminum i cannot fight anything 
So, um, yeah, it's 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 cool to see uh, these two newer characters that were created for this limited run have a final moment uh, spotlight, and that is Beast Girl and Degenerate. So we see them in this yeah. in this final mix up. And um, and on to mirror that, I think it's really cool that they did take all these like new Doom Patrol, unstoppable Doom Patrol characters, and kind of separate at these last final moments and separate original crew versus like the new one it's like oh yeah they're all gone and they're all off and they all went through the time portal by flit and flit's kind of staying back around saying hey we gotta go and it's you know it's larry rita mm-hmm. niles and robot man um looking on on the battle yeah uh, as if the last one's on the field kind of thing um but it was that's a really good shot i that's think that's a really good panel like if you know if i could get I wonder if Chris Burnham just has like that panel of just them, just like framed. Just... Yeah, without the background, without the the speech bubbles, like just just the the core three when that was called her again. Like that's that's the alumni right there. Yeah. So very cool stuff. Um, and then I guess in 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 Marvel Cinematic Universe fashion, the comic book ends, fade to black, and then there's text saying. The Doom Patrol will return, <laughs> which seems like oh okay that's so we're doing a Marvel. That's more than just Marvel. I mean that's just in you know movies and everything. That's come on, come on. That's that's come pop on. culture Marvel right there. Um, but I like it. That's awesome. I like that this was just like a one self-contained self-run, and uh, let's see where they show up later on. I think I think it really is a test to see like you know if they sell well enough again. <laughs> They DC wants wants the Batman who laughs and Peacemaker money. Um, they want to see it. They want to see the Doom Patrol be financially successful enough to spur a new ongoing series, and that's never really been Doom Patrol's thing is to be that mainstream right. because it's it's such a cult classic underground thing. Like its whole mo is being kind of on the side stream. Right. So it's very hard. Like, hopefully this is popular enough that, do you know, we do see more Doom Patrol. Maybe this text is literal. Like, hey, DC gave us the green light when we, you know, that's why we stalled and made issue seven because we wanted to make sure we were going to get green lit to, to put this final panel in here. Um, and so maybe this is the confirmation. Like, this is... Your special gift at the end is to find out that DC has said, yes, we do want more Doom Patrol in in some shape or form because this series is ending, the TV series is ending. Where do we go from now? And so this is heartwarming, at least for, for me and, and you, that we get to see more Doom Patrol. Um, and so, yeah, it's good, it's good to see it. But um, I wonder how popular it will get. Hopefully, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully enough to for people to get into some uh, therapy patrol uh, for themselves. <laughs> so, um, Nathan, any closing notes from you for today's issue and the final? Um, no, series? I think I've I think I've left it all on the stage. But um, this was really just an excellent read. This um, this whole this whole run. Um, I will be picking it up in trade paperback. That is for sure. Mm, mm, um, I want it as yeah. a whole. Um, so in the future, look out for it, uh, on shelves as a trade, definitely pick it up. Um, you know, let all that good, 
good gestures kind of go forward through DC Comics and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Um, I'm glad that the Peacemaker stuff wasn't as big as I was thinking it was going to be. So <laughs> I'm glad that it's kind of like wrapped up. But but yeah, all in all, um, excellent greatest ofs, greatest hits kind of storytelling. Um, good, simple, mm-hmm. it's in seven issues. That is literally a trade paperback by definition. So good on you. Um, check it out. Yeah, and so the the collected volume of this Unstoppable Doom Patrol will release April second of next year, two thousand twenty four. That's when it will um, release. It'll be a hardcover book. I'm sure there's a paperback version of it. I don't know if Lazarus Planet will be included, which is the Dark Fate uh, preview that was that led into it. So basically, issue zero. So curious to see if it's included in it, but yeah, April 2nd, 2024. So we had a fantastic time talking about it. Uh, This entire series has been great. Dennis Culver and Chris Burnham doing an excellent job. Brian Reber was also the the artist for it uh, or colorist for for, uh, the series. So it's just a fantastic greatest hits Doom Patrol Final Wars series. I really love this. It's so colorful. So beautiful. You say Final Wars as in reference to Godzilla? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just now caught that. I just now caught that. Oh my god. So yeah. like that is that's also in terms of just the greatest hits kind of thing. Yeah, like, that, exactly. Okay. That's what I mean by it. Yep. And uh yeah, just an excellent story overall and I hope it really does continue to connect itself, connecting Doom Patrol to DC Comics um in all media. So we have two episodes left of the tv series left to to watch and record and then doom patrol radio is pretty much all said and done and unless we we have some bonus episodes up the sleeve that we um you know might talk about so um that's all from from us for today and without further ado dj please take it away i feel alone in my body i feel aside